0: Welcome back to the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey, and today I have the newly crowned IFBB pro bikini girl, Becky Dean, who I've known for quite a while. And anyone ask how, I have been obsessed with her physique for like years. Like no joke. <laughs> Listen to the podcast with Phoebe, and you'll see a bit of an insight into that. So, <laughs> welcome, my lovely, to the podcast, and Thank congratulations. You. I hate, I'm sure you're getting that a thousand times right
1: now, but um, another congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me as well. You're welcome. I Appreciate it. So, Thank I you. want to
0: start this episode a little bit differently. Usually, I kind of ask the question, not who, what, well, what makes you not just a bikini girl at the end, but I kind of want to start at the beginning. So, before we get into the juicy stuff, the competing. I want to know who is Becky away from competing. And maybe like who was Becky before competing as well.
1: Yeah, I am 30 years old, which a lot of people don't expect. I think probably just because of the way I act. <laughs> yeah.
0: like, I mean, in a bottle.
1: Send it my way. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think everyone thinks I'm like 24, 25, I genuinely just think because. The way I am, I don't act like a 30 year old. So, yeah, I'm first. I am from Warrington, but recently moved to the Wirral, which is near Liverpool. Because um, a lot of people don't know where the Wirral is, it's like this magical place. But um, yeah, it's near Liverpool. I am a physiotherapist and have worked for the NHS for five years now. I work in elderly medicine. So, that is quite interesting as a day to day. Absolutely love working with the old people. Um, but yeah that is something that most people don't know about me obviously it's not really something I can post about or would like to post about but yeah that is my day job so I am now part-time as a physiotherapist I do three days a week in a hospital I am also a part-time personal trainer and part-time online coach (laughs) so I do a big mix but this past year I'd say I have focused a little bit more on building up my All my coaching and personal training, and it is something I absolutely love and is probably something I'm gonna merge more into over the next year. But I like the big mix of everything I've got going on at the minute, they all sort of interlinked together. So I've got a nice little system going on at the minute. Um, what else? I absolutely love food, which most people know, and I love baking. So I wasn't baking on prep for obvious reasons, I made that mistake last prep, I was baking all the time, because I was obsessed with food, as you are, and I baked for PCA British finals, and it was the stupidest thing I ever did, because I put it on my Instagram, saying does anyone want baked goods, and I had 30 orders to make in my peak week, (laughs) what, it was the stupidest thing I was going to make for me and Jess, I think, I put it on my Instagram, I I literally my peak week turned into I was like sit down don't stress I was there running a military operation in my kitchen baking all these goods for people so I didn't even know I was like stored in the in wherever the arena was like holding things like where's where's um Betty Betty I've got your brownies like I don't even I do I don't know who I thought I was <laughs> so uh i didn't bake i haven't i baked in my off season my god that's how i put the weight on so that is the key if you want to grow your bum eat baked goods that is, oh, becky's brownies. <laughs> that, is that is where it's at becky's brownies. That is the one. Oh, yeah um so yes i love baking as well and i will most likely be starting that again but other than that it's pretty much me <laughs>
0: I just find it so fun. I can just have this real visual of you in a kitchen, like dropping flour <laughs> on the floor because you're just on peak week and your brain's gone anyway. And then putting salt some oh, sugar. And being like,
1: I'm done. Like Betty isn't yeah, getting I made No, I made a batch of brownies and I didn't put any sugar in it because I forgot. So they came out <laughs> just casually missing 300 grams of caster sugar. They <laughs> came out and they were like, dead thin, And I was like, Oh Damn it, what for I done? Ate them. A brownie with no sugar is horrendous. Yeah. Imagine if I'd sold that. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that, I, was, I wasn't in a good way. <laughs> yeah, I had to, this was pre-COVID obviously and I was wearing a mask because I was so hungry that I kept going, you know, when you get something on your finger or mm. I sent a picture to Cal and I was covered in cookie dough all the way down to here and I sent a picture like, help me. Oh my God. <laughs>
0: bless you yeah, you, should yeah. you should definitely you um, should definitely bring some baked goose when you do your pro debut though because it's like why not oh, you good. yeah definitely really <laughs> rounding question working with old people do yeah. you feel like it gives you a different perspective and keeps you grounded and do they make funny comments about like do they kind of mention anything about like your physique because i find like <laughs> my grand like my grandma my grandma isn't here anymore but like I just find sometimes, especially with this crazy sport we do, being around people who are a bit more mature, we'll put it that way, you know, they kind of, for me, I just find like it, it gives you a really nice grounded perspective on things and it keeps you very like, I can't think of it. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like, do you find like the work you do kind of is a nice balance with everything else that you do?
1: Yeah, uh, so the people I work with, normally all of them have dementia so they don't know who they are they don't know where they are (laughs) so they I think it's more apparent with sort of my grandparents they don't get it whatsoever and when you are getting your Tupperware out in front of them they're like oh well you're looking very skinny do you not think you need to eat this and I think it does keep you grounded like my I've got really big family we're very food orientated so it's very apparent that I can't be involved so it does keep me grounded in a way that I'm, I'm around that all the time and and I hate to use this word normal because this is normal for me but I'm around something that I grew up with that that's how I grew up we were around food it's very social so being around that it does make me realize that You don't get too, I think it's don't get too invested that this is your life. This is a very small part of your life being on prep and even being a bodybuilder and competing is going to be a small part of your life because you're not going to do it forever. So it's really nice and difficult, obviously, at the same time to be around that because it makes you realize that, yes, this is what your life is going to be like after and not get too invested in it and get caught up. And then when you're out of prep, it's such a shock because it really is when went like even now it's in two weeks and it's so it's so difficult and you know it's going to be difficult but I think being around people like that being around your family and friends who have no idea about this sport don't get it whatsoever and then it, it's not a shock it's not a shock when you when you come out of it so I think it is really important um to be honest but the old people oh my gosh like they, they, yeah, my grandma, when I see her, she's like, oh my god, you are horrible, look at, you. <laughs> look at you, you're so skinny. Oh my god, they're, they they're savage, they, aren't they, they, Bloody they hell, They are <laughs> savage, yeah, they, she, yeah, they, they don't get it, Do you know what, I don't even try and explain it to them, because their generation, it's just not something women did, to get your clothes off, get you, get your kit off in a bikini on stage, yeah, they, they don't get it. Just we just can't. I don't really talk to them much about it, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I think sometimes you have to be
0: like you just kind of pick and choose when you want to try maybe educate on some bits, and then it's like yeah, you're just it's just not going to happen today.
1: Just no. Not.
0: Sometimes there is just no point. Sounds cute though. Like she now has one calorie spray in her kitchen just in case I come round and I need to use it. Oh, so cute! And she has sweetie in adorable. her house now. And it's really funny, right? When we go out to eat somewhere, I'm like, oh, Gran, you got any sweetener on you? She's like, yeah, yeah, got the sweetener. And she literally has sweetener in her bag for me whenever we go out. And That's I'm adorable. It to so That's so house, nice, So she just, you know, she, she picks and chooses. She picks and chooses.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, blatter.
0: So what got you into competing originally then?
1: So I've always been sporty. Always, I've trained ever since I was, I essay trained. I've been in a gym since I was about 18 and always really loved that sort of side of thing, pushing yourself. But I probably took it a little bit more seriously, probably about four or five years ago. I was in a gym. I've, well, I've been in a couple of gyms that there. there's quite a lot of bodybuilders, competitors around. And I saw quite a few girls and I'd seen quite a few girls on Instagram starting to do it. And I thought, oh, that looks interesting. And thought, oh, no, I'd never, I'd never, I won't give that a go. I'd never be able to be good at that. But someone approached me in the gym, a coach um local around here and he said do you compete I said oh no it's something that I have thought about and he went you do really well in bikini you know and ever since then I've thought do you know what I'll just give it a go if it's more walking in the heels that bothered me because I'm not a I'm not a typical girly girly girl you started 8 right didn't you uh yes I did yeah mm-hmm. i had yeah. a really small heel <laughs> you lose that <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: I'm really weird now. I just remember people's shoe sizes, like, on the top of my head, and it's just really fucking weird. And I remember what shoes they wear. Like, that's just me. I'm just, I'm owning it. Nice.
1: <laughs> I love
0: it. <laughs> okay. when we um, canvisted you once, Katie's like, because obviously not many people wear caress 4 anymore. She's like, Katie, mess with me going,
1: is that a caress I just want to double check. I was like,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: on the site yeah I was looking on the site at the time and I was like oh my god what the hell do I choose here and I thought well I'm really tall so I don't want to go for like a massive heel but then looking back it doesn't like they don't they just don't look as good as the one what was the one I wore the other for finals yeah they just don't look as good they don't make your legs look as good either but I was completely clueless at the time (laughs) I was just like let's just go for the small heel but yeah it doesn't make your legs look as good does it
0: No, but I just thought
1: I'd give it a go. Um, If I fall flat on my face, I fall flat on my face. Oh no, I did a photo shoot first. That was what it was. I thought I'll do a photo shoot, see if I can actually do the process, but obviously not to that level. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that process. And then the year after, I just went for my first show just to give it a go. And here we are.
0: Yeah I love that because
1: you do hear like it is
0: important sometimes to not go straight into it and I always do say to people like try a photo shoot prep like it's a good kind of like gateway into it and it's so cool to hear you say that you try to photo shoot and then obviously it's like a test run before you really go into it properly like do you, would you kind of recommend people generally to do that if they are like potentially not too sure to kind of do the, like what did the photo shoot prep teach you, which helped you going into like your first year of competing and like the rest of your competing years as well?
1: Yeah, 100%. I've got a lot of clients now who are wanting to sort of think about competing. I say to them all, I've actually done it with a, with a, one of my clients recently, do a photo shoot first because Yes, there's a higher level of dedication there rather than just a standard diet for a holiday. Uh, but you don't have to push it to that ex- extreme where you are sort of pushing your, your boundaries a little bit. I think it, it taught me that it was a hell of a lot harder than I expected it to be. And also it, it's it's more, when you're on a standard diet, you can go off track. Say you're going to a wedding or a birthday or, you know, a big event like that. You can just sort of, it's okay to go, oh, just have a piece of cake because in the grand scheme of things, if you're on a diet, it doesn't matter if you have a piece of cake. But for competing and like sort of even for a photo shoot, you, you've got that element of being in the normal world and being around social occasions where normally you, you you want to join in and it's not being able to. That is such a shock to the system, and I think that's probably one of the most difficult things is trying to lead a life outside and around other people that aren't competing and aren't on track and don't understand this process. it's it just it's a huge shock to the system and it takes such willpower and it's very very difficult to be I've been to countless weddings now and social cases like that where I have literally sat there where everyone around me is drinking eating trying to go trying to give you food and you're sat there like no and you've got to say no so I think that mm. the photo shoot was the biggest eye opener for me that I actually couldn't do things like that if I really wanted to look good in front of the camera so it's a huge it's a really really good idea if you're thinking yes I'd love to get on stage please do a photo shoot first because I think you will be in for a shock of how hard it is you'll get to that stage at the end where you're super happy you lean and you look great but if you were competing you've probably got another six weeks on top of that where you're gonna have to push it further yes. and I think people don't realize how much of a sacrifice it is and how difficult it is so definitely do a test run with a photo shoot See how you get on if you hate it, you definitely know not competing is not for you. But if you love it and you think you can take it further, then 100% give competing a go. Yeah, I
0: agree with that a lot. Yeah. I do agree with that a lot. Like, leaving thinking back to when I first got into competing, yeah. I think you, I think I agree with you in the sense that le- like the social situations were the hardest bits to kind of get your head around. And like, yeah, yeah I think that was definitely thinking about that's probably the hardest part of it like when yeah. you're doing your day-to-day stuff by yourself in your house like that's all right but um, yeah I can remember so many yeah. cases where it was a bit weird I was like oh like I, feel, I don't know I feel it's a strange experience but now like it's funny when you get so many years down the line you just can't you just don't think twice you're like uh. yeah
1: yeah I think as well you, you've got you get a lot of judgment as well I think that was probably one of the hardest things as well about competing for the first time you don't know many people in the industry when you're new to it and, and Instagram is a lot bigger now and there's, we're a bigger community. Back then, I, didn't, I only knew a couple of people that did it. So you're very much on your own and your friends and family don't get it. And I think it's having that sort of um, willpower in yourself to sort of ignore the judgment. Because if you do get it, you get it left, right and center. Like people at work, um, people in supermarkets, like even you go, you go and your eyeballs and a crop top and you're like an alien to people and but like and then and then you've got you've got your family and friends the people closest to you 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 get judgment from them and when you're on your own you've not really got anyone to talk to because you've not made the friends in the industry because you've not really done it before that was the hardest thing I struggled with but now my circle my community I've got so many friends now the gym I go to we're all on similar paths and I've met so many people through competing I've done this now it's my second season my family and friends get it the journey the journey has been so much easier this time around because people understand it now and realize how important it is to me so I think doing a photo shoot as well on that sense is dealing with that judgment and can you deal with it like I remember the first time I posted a progress picture in my knickers on Instagram I got so much hate like so much hate from people like oh who do you think you are posting that and I, I got a lot of I got a lot of judgment from people closest to me as well because it was just something I'd not done before and people didn't get it. But now it's like, <laughs> my Instagram is just me, half naked. i <laughs> got my Primark underwear and leaving it, love it. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Isn't it
0: funny, that like your first progress, I found like my first progress photo, I was like, I'm gonna wear my nice underwear. I'm gonna, you know, make my hair look nice. I'm gonna make my makeup nice. Now I'm like, screw it. You're gonna get bird head hair and two pound underwear and you just gotta live with it and still want the photo effect. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah no one's got time for that no
0: So we did (laughs) not
1: we you did it
0: um you did PCA that was 2019
1: right yeah
0: was the goal when you first got into competing even like after your PCA season was the goal to get the pro card the IFBB pro
1: card no way no that was (laughs) that didn't even come into my head in 2019 I wanted to do the first time a PCA show and see how it went that was it I did that show and it was incredible it was incredible for so many different reasons it was wasn't what I expected to be honest I was terrified yeah I was absolutely I'd never been on stage in my life I'd, I'd never done anything like dance or and drama you know I've never done anything like that in my life as a a child so being on stage it was very overwhelming for me and I didn't realize how overwhelming it was going to be but I loved it at the same time it was weird like I came out and yes it was overwhelming and as I said I'm not really girly I'm not really a performer but for some reason I became this performer and I don't know what it is and I know I've spoken to a lot of girls and I've never really felt any other way but people either say it kind of, you kind of love it or you hate it. You either go out and you're this sassy bikini person or you go into your shell a little bit. Mm. Um, and I think as soon as I came out, yes, I was shitting my pants. Like, honestly, and I, I do shit my pants every time I go on stage, but I absolutely love it. And it's just, I just get this feeling of like I belong up there. It's the worst thing. And I got it as soon as I walked out on that that PCA stage. So, no, the goal was never, ever in a million years, I thought I would ever be good enough to, you know, get a pro card. But um, I did that first show, had a bit of time away to say, what what are the plans? Because I obviously got an invite to the British finals. I wanted to do another show prior to finals just to get a little bit more stage experience. Uh, Because I thought, obviously, I think I felt like I rushed my posing. My posing wasn't great at the time. And I wanted to give it another go. And I came second at my first time of show because Jess Garrington beat me. God damn it. <laughs> God damn that girl. No, I love her. <laughs> but the thing is, I needed to lose. I, I re, Looking back now, I think if I'd have won, I'd have gone off, because I, I, I was only planning on doing that show. I think I would have gone off completely off the rails. We thought, right, I've won, done it. Don't need to do it anymore. Because I came second. I was like, well, no, I'm not happy with that. I I, I want to win. And I did the PCA Midlands show in September, so a month before finals. And I actually won that one. And, and then I thought, and we'd made loads of improvements for that show. My posing was better. I was a little bit more relaxed and then went into PCA finals and just thought, let's give this a really good go. I, I wanted to place top three. I thought that would be incredible for my first year. Um, me and Jess both said the same. We we backstage and we were like, top three would be amazing for first timers. And I, I came second and Jess came third. So I was absolutely buzzing that for my first year. And the goal was always to have a long off season and come back and give PCA a go again. Cause I, I wanted to do PCA this year and win the British title. Um, and that was the plan. I was going to do PCA after two bros this year. Obviously I can't now. <laughs> So it was to give two bros and PCA a go after a long off-season. And um, even then, it, I thought, oh, imagine if I could get a pro card. But I thought, no, let's just give two bros a go. I've never stepped on the two bros stage, different posing. I'd been away for a year, so had many other girls. I knew loads of girls who were competing. and thought, there's some good girls this year. It's the first one back after COVID. There's going to be people going in for this. So I thought, in my head, I'd made a lot of improvements and thought, there's not, there's no reason I couldn't give it a good go, but for, to actually think that I could do it, and I, I thought, maybe not this year, maybe next year, um, so the fact it's happened, it's, I, I can't, I, I'm really, I'm really struggling to get my head around it. it, it hasn't sunk in, and I spoke to a few people who are IFBB pros, and they're like, yeah, it won't sink in, it won't sink in until you're on that pro stage, so I've got another year <laughs> <laughs> to try and let this sink in, but yeah, no, it's it really does feel like a a, a dream come true. I um, yeah, it's in, it's incredible. <laughs> so
0: cool! It's so so cool, and to see like how many people were in like the um, in the audience for you was just like so. Nice. Everyone was crying.
1: The whole front line was crying when you got it. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Honestly, like, I think as well, if those guys weren't there, obviously, as you know, show day was quite difficult for me because I suffered with an injury. I was emotional anyway. To have those guys there, and obviously, they were quite. the, the stage was quite close to the audience, obviously, because it was just in the leisure centre. And it was the same for the regional as well. I could literally see and hear everyone like they were just right completely next to me and it it really does spare you on and it literally I, I think if they were there I probably wouldn't have done as well um but it was it was amazing I think because of that because Carl um all the muscle mentor people were there <laughs> were just one big gang and then we just took over there especially for the the regional they just took over the first two rows <laughs> so it was it was amazing to have that level of support that it, re- it really really was like they they got me through that day because I don't know how I would have done it <laughs> with without them all and, and with Carl and everyone yeah it was um pretty surreal I feel very very lucky and very grateful to have the level of support I've got at the minute yeah it's amazing.
0: Talk to us about your like who you would class as your circle and how they've all played a role in that because I think it's really interesting to hear like they do say your environment your circle is very very powerful so talk us through like what, who you class as your circle is and how they have helped
1: you to get to where you are now so obviously oh, got no, to start with no. Cal, my coach i started with Carl in 2018 he was already an amazing coach but obviously since then he's progressing to probably i'd say in my opinion one of the best in the uk in and, and even in the world he his amount of knowledge experience uh, the fact how badly he cares for his his clients so I've been with him for a while, and he's obviously built up this this client base of incredible athletes. He's got some amazing people now that he coaches and works with. And through Cal, um, I have followed other people's journeys and met some incredible people through there. And it sort of, I think, spiraled from there in a way. So my best mate, Ali Fraser, he's um also a coach himself, but he's been coached by Cal for probably probably a little bit longer than me, but I've obviously followed his journey for a while. And obviously we've known each other for a while. We became, we became closer over sort of lockdown and became training partners. And he, his level, obviously he's an incredible coach himself, trains incredibly hard. We're very, very similar. He pushed me through my off season. He literally leveled me up, never let me miss a session, never let me miss a rap. He he really carried me through. Not just training, but because we were going through a lockdown, it was incredible, incredibly hard for everybody, even from a like a support point of view. He just kept me completely sane. So I can't thank Ali enough. <laughs> he's he's literally just been amazing. And through him, um, I've met Dougie, who now trains at my gym, who is also an incredible competitor. Um, and he's got a really bright future ahead of him. So he's he trains in my gym. and He uh, trains incredibly hard. So being around him all the time is inspiring. Obviously, Sharl, Sharl Pickstock. Um, she is my posing coach. And that's how we met. But she's a really, really good friend. Also an amazing physique, amazing competitor as well. She also trains and works at my gym. So my gym at the minute is such a support system for me. Where It's not like a commercial gym. Everybody in there. Is is there for a real reason we with that we've got our own goals, we all work really, really hard, we all support each other, we all buzz off each other when we do well. So going in there, you can't help but feel buzzed and like you want to work hard. And it's just such an amazing environment to sort of thrive in as a competitor and as a bodybuilder. So I can't thank everyone down at Elite Strength and Performance on the world for just being there and being around them and for their support, because it really has pushed me through. There's times I've gone in on prep. I've been crying on the leg press and then someone over then and give you a spot, give you a bit of the talking too. And it just means the world. And I, I, it, it really does make a huge difference having that incredible, incredible environment around you. Because if I was doing this on my own, like I did for the first time, I definitely would not be where I am. And for them to all be there uh, for my shows, it just meant even more. So when I won, I wasn't just winning for me. I was winning. As cringy as that sounds, I felt like I was winning for all of them as well. And I know a lot of the guys I am train around, They, their goal as well is also to get a pro card one day. So I think because I've done it, it's really made me think, well, do you know what? I can do it as well because this is my circle. So I kind of feel like I want it for myself, but I want it for everyone around me as well because I literally wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for those people. <laughs> I'm really emotional. (laughs) That
0: it it really does. It means everything, though, doesn't it? Like it really does. It's they—they don't think they're probably doing that. Oh, you you say thank you to them. They probably think, oh, I'm not really doing anything. But for you, like, it means so so much. And I love the fact that like you and Jess are just like you know Mary Kate and Ashley, the Olsen twins back in the day. You do, you remind me of those two. Um, because
1: like you're always at her shows
0: and she's always at your shows. Like I always noticed that.
1: Yeah, like so, so me and Jess met at, obviously, PCA first time. Is I I only knew who Jess was a few weeks before the first time is because she met Carla. Oh, where did she meet Carla? Like, was it Body was it body Power? I don't know. It was something, an ex or something. And Carl messaged me a picture of her and was like, this is your competition. And it was a picture of a bloody arse at um, Black eye Zucchini's. And I was like, oh my God, who is this girl with these glutes? What the hell? And then I thought she's going to be an absolute bitch. But I'm not, I'm just, I'm going to see her on show day and she's going to be a bitch. She's going to hate, me, she's going to beat me. And then we met on show day and oh my God, she, I, we just clicked like that. Like I've never met anybody who is the same as me because obviously, as I said, I'm not girly, I've always been quite into sports and I got on with guys a lot better. So, I've always felt a little bit like I have got close girlmates, but they're girlmates I've grown up with, so that they've just been there since I was little. But uh, growing up and as an adult, meeting women, it was always men I got on with better. So, when I met her, I was like, Oh, you're me. And then, since then, even though she's probably was my biggest competition in my first season. I uh, even even we were just best friends every day since we met we would speak we'd be there for each other we carried each other through our preps she then carried on competing the year after when I was in my off season I went to all the shows apart from the Alakams one um went to all the shows just completely just we've just been behind each other this whole time and she's literally just the best person I've ever <laughs> I just don't I just don't know what I would have done without that girl. Um she she's just she's just been there every single day for me. And people have this warped view of bikini girls and um, who are outside of it, that we're all bitches, we're all horrible, we're all sort of vain, and we don't get on, but it couldn't be further from the truth. And obviously I had that opinion going into it because so I thought, oh god, this is gonna be a really bitchy sport. And it couldn't be any further from the truth, and meeting Jess was just just completely proved that like she's literally going to be my best friend forever (laughs) like even after we stop competing she's yeah she's just she's just incredible
0: I can imagine um you and Jess like in the old folks home being like do you remember that time at PCFA (laughs) time and then sharing (laughs) some great oats together (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) that literally will be me and Jess (laughs)
0: So I want to, the next thing I've written down here is scale weight. Oh my God, I hope my dogs are going to shut up at some point. Um, Yeah, it's about scale weight because you gained a considerable amount of weight between PCA first timers and two bros. And I know there's a lot of stuff and I guess like, you know, there is kind of that worry of like how much weight to gain and are you gaining too much and blah, blah, blah. But like Mm -hmm. the difference between your PCA and two bros is, Next level. Even you in your off season, like you still looked ridiculous. And like when I was seeing how much you weighed, I was like, in my from in my own head, I was like, God, she's holding that weight bloody well. Like I wouldn't have, <laughs> wouldn't have thought that. But obviously, if you were potentially you have the limitation of, oh, I've got too I've, you know, I've put on too much weight, you might not have made the progress you made. So, like, yeah. How, The differences with the scale weight, obviously, put into, you know, do mention your height as well, because obviously this is kind of relative to you and your tall lady as well. But did you have any moments where you were a bit like, oh, this is, I'm really having to detach myself from this scale when actually this seems like quite a hard
1: thing to do? Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. So I weighed 55 kilos at my PCA finals in October 2019. I then went into an off-season until July this year. So nearly, so a year and a half, 18 months, maybe two years. I think my heaviest, let me check my healthy scale, I think I was 78 kilos at the end of my off-season. Kind of gutted I didn't make the 80 kilo mark, not going to lie. <laughs> that would have been pretty cool. We'll go for that this time. Oh, I'll make it this time, easy. So yeah, I was 70, I think I was 78, 78 and a half kilos. That would have been February this year. I then, on stage for the regional, I was 64.9, I want to say. So I was nearly 10 kilos above my previous stage weight which and I was leaner which is ridiculous (laughs) so obviously I am five foot ten that is really really important to mention I when they when they they always measure you it shows just to make sure you're in the right category and I just say something do not measure me I am the tallest one I will be category Z, whatever category H. am always the tallest girl on stage always yeah, me and you need to like. I need to try and turn friends, and me and you can be next to go. Okay, I'm just like. Yes, the you're. Yeah. yeah, you're taller than me, and that's weird. I remember I saw you the day, and I was like, "How are you taller than me? I never meet girls that are taller than me." Oh, I uh, think George. <laughs> I think Georgia, um, who Cal coaches as well, she did the regional with me. I think she might be the same height as me. Um, but yeah. Yeah, so the, the, I rarely, it's, it's basically the, the tallest cast screen tuber is is five foot seven plus, so I'm 5'10", so I'm way above that, like as you would be, and so I'm generally normally the tallest on stage, so 78 kilos probably seems like a lot, which it is, but relative to our height, that is probably why I carry it quite well. What's really important to note, though, is, yes, I, I got, if I had weighed 78 kilos the, the couple of years before, I would not have looked like I did at all. The reason I looked like that and carried it so well is because my off season was so productive, even despite the fact we were in lockdown and I spent a lot of it not in a gym, not being able to progress properly. But the time, well, I, I, I made do with what I could do. I just bought a barbell and plates and got really strong. Um, I didn't let any of that slip. I didn't miss a session. I think I probably missed one session in 18 months. I didn't miss a session. I didn't allow myself to not re- to regress at all. And um, obviously, as I mentioned before, me when me and Ali were training together, when the gyms were open, they were probably the most productive sessions I've ever had in my life. I would go in shitting my pants every session Um, because of what the weight I knew I needed to lift Um, and I I, I didn't give myself any other choice but to progress so I got ridiculously strong Um, I trained a lot smarter because I people around me telling me change this do this differently work this muscle a little bit differently and my training completely changed because of the people I was around and my training intensity just took it up another level I got so 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 strong and that's really really important to remember if you want to you want to really improve year in year out you have to get strong you have to put weight on you have to lift serious weight you can't go in and just hip thrust the same thing you've been hip thrusting for months you can't be scared to put on 200 kilos on the bar because you have to lift it if you want your glutes to grow so that is the reason I held my weight so don't get me wrong I didn't feel entirely comfortable at seventy eight kilos. I really didn't. I know when I'm looking at pictures, I look fine, and a lot of people would say you look great. And I did. I can't say I didn't. I I, I looked I looked fine, but for me, I did feel uncomfortable. I was carrying a lot of. I was carrying a lot of weight, and clothes weren't fitting me properly. And I felt sluggish. I was eating a lot of food, and um, but it's just it's what you've got to do. I knew prep was going to start, so we did smash it. And it really showed because I put on nearly ten kilos of tissue, which is insane, and that is the reason i I did well is because I absolutely i smashed my off season, and it's really important that if you want to make improvements you you have to smash your off season you have to get uncomfortable in the gym outside of the gym, you have to eat food you you just you, you just, if you want to do well you have to you have to take it to that level it's just the it's, it's the only way
0: yeah. Uh, definitely, but then there's people. You know, there's that team where there's not team, but you know what I mean. There's that other side where people feel like they can only gain like a certain amount of weight, like post show and all this sort of stuff, and it, it is tricky. Like it is tricky. And obviously, the other side that we mentioned yeah. about before we started this podcast is you know the side where you have to stick to a meal plan. That is the only way. That's all you can do. <laughs> like yeah, I think for people who haven't got you know, the support system or haven't got a coach chair or are you know, kind of first starting out I think it can feel a bit of a minefield because you've got people that feel very strongly about gaining loads of weight not gaining loads of weight doing a meal plan not yeah. doing a meal plan and I feel like I don't know about you I for me personally I've just kind of thought well okay I'm just going to take myself out of this equation I'm going to look at all the perspectives it's the same thing with politics right some people are left-wing some people are right-wing everyone has their opinion but you choose where you want to sit in that spectrum i think it's the same thing with bodybuilding you have to kind of yeah. take it as what it is but not feel like you have to be doing exactly the same like i remember there was a lot of pressure last year and the year before to stay a certain amount of weight but if you would have done that you wouldn't have made the improvements you probably wouldn't have got your pro card.
1: no exactly but i think what's important to also note is that i did do a mini cut as well halfway through my off season so I think if if you lose control straight after you've competed and gain a lot of weight, which you need to gain, you need to gain weight. That's important. But it's then when it's gone past a couple of months and you're still rapidly gaining that weight, that's not, you need to do it in a really controlled way. You need to slowly build that food up. You need to slowly get yourself back to and an all your systems normalizing again, get yourself to a health point of view before you start pushing, you can't just come, finish competing and go, right, let's go. Let's push food that that's not going to work especially if you're doing an 18 month two year off season you are gonna get fat yeah so you need to make sure that you've got a really good plan in place a really good coach who's who's going to guide you through that but you can't push for two years you can't you so we pushed and I then did I think I did a couple of month mini cut lost quite a few kilos and then push up again the body's going to be really nice and responsive then to the food and training and then you're going to be in a really good place then get body comp back and check so then push again so if you can keep a relatively good body composition throughout I think you're going to put yourself in a really good position then to prep well and then do well and be successful in your in you competing so I think if you're doing a very very long off season you've got to obviously have a really good plan in place know when you're going to probably pull it back a little bit and immensely if you know you're going to do a mini cut you know, let's push it now because I'm going to feel a little bit better in a few weeks when we start to put it back, lose a few kilos. So it's important to remember, you can't just smash it. You, you can't just smash the food. <laughs> I mean, you do for a few weeks, but no, you, you need to have that plan in place and you need to have um, the sort of discipline to sort of stick stick to it and build it up slowly. That 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 is the, the sort of ideal, ideal world, really. Mm,
0: yeah, I agree. I do agree. So I want to go into like the food topic because we mentioned about this podcast let's start off with something fun because i've been noticing you're putting oats in freaking air fryers what the hell is this
1: oh god well i literally i don't know why i didn't get an air fryer sooner i've seen people on instagram using them i thought oh that looks good you know like just for potatoes things like that i got an air fryer probably about a month ago and it's changed my life i put everything in that air fryer potatoes chicken veg, oats, saurine. The only thing you shouldn't put in that is broccoli. Do not put broccoli in there air fryer, it turns to charcoal. I ate it on prep and I still couldn't swallow it and that's how bad it was. Yeah, so you can pretty put much put everything in there except broccoli. So I thought, cause I, I have baked oats all the time I was having this on prep for ages. I was having it on my previous prep. So I normally put it in the oven for 15 to 20 minutes. But I thought, let's just whack it in the air fryer and see what happens. Five minutes and your oats are yes. doing Not 20 minutes, five minutes in the air fryer. Honestly, the top goes a little bit crispy, but the inside stays a little bit gooey. But it goes like a muffin consistency if you put a bit of bacon powder in it. Oh, my God. It just makes life and prep so much easier. When food is just there and ready and you don't have to do much prep, you don't have to it for the oven and, and washing up as well. You don't have to wash. You literally wash the little tray. It's a game changer. So if you've not got an air fryer, get an air fryer, especially on prep, because it will make your life so much easier. But yeah, baked oats, air fryer, five minutes bosh, done. bosh. I, I can't remember the last time I actually looked I was
0: like looking over my saucepan like frying I can't even think of trying to do that now I literally wrap the meat in my air fryer. and
1: it's like oh, done. yeah it's just so much easier yeah 100% definitely get one just even if you're not on prep just just for the wall <laughs> just for fans yeah <laughs> I, I literally I think I'm gonna I put a squ- oh yeah squares bars aren't oh my goodness I put a what squares bar in there no it just kind of melted yeah so there's a couple of things that don't work but majority of things majority of things you can get away with and, and do actually taste nice
0: you know this reminds me of i don't know i remember seeing something on facebook ages ago where you know with um the scottish fish and chips they do like the fried mars bar and all that shit they are putting random yes. stuff in this fire this literally reminds me of that but just an air fryer it's like oh, i'm just gonna throw a mushroom in for <laughs> Cheerios, who knows, who knows. So I yeah. want you to talk about perceptions around like food, because we both mentioned that sometimes we feel like we're kind of on, we don't feel like we're, we are bodybuilders, but do you see what I'm trying to get at? How I'm trying to breach this kind of topic because we spoke right like I think it's hard when there are some people that um you know are full on meal prep, which is amazing. I do meal prep most of the time, right? Most of the time, I just haven't got time to think. So I literally just like, like I go into autopilot. Whereas there are some occasions where I do do my macros and I just like to crack on. But I know that you mm. mentioned you had some, you've had some interesting feedback over, especially this the prep <laughs> of what you've been eating, yeah. um, especially during peak week. And I think it's important yeah. though, because it is important for people to realize, like you can still be a bodybuilder and be successful, Without having to do like a super strict like meal plan where that is literally all the only option you have, like there are other options. So, yeah, talk to us more about that.
1: Yeah, so obviously, I, I there isn't one way fits one size fits all with this kind of approach. I can one hundred percent see the positives of a meal plan, and I think it is very person dependent. Like you said, you can't be able to think sometimes. It takes the emotion out of it as well, especially on prep. You are very emotional around your food. And I think if someone tells you exactly what to eat, you don't go into a supermarket and get overwhelmed with the options. So I 100% see the appeal to a meal plan. And a majority of people I know are meal plans and they love it and they can't really understand how they do it any other way. And that's fine because they're still successful. You can still get results. That is great. For me, I am such a foodie. I think when I first started with Carl, I, he put me on a meal plan because I didn't really know and I just did it. I was like, Carl, I hate this. <laughs> I, I don't like it because I I love being creative with food. Obviously I, obviously, I said before, I like baking, I like cooking. So for me to be really restricted with what I can eat, I, it didn't sit well with me. It made the process unenjoyable. So I've always, ever since we first started, always done an if it fits your macros approach because obviously I'm quite tall. I My food doesn't really go... I don't really go that low on food. Obviously, I am eating not that much food for me. But in terms of the the calories, I can... Yeah, like, obviously, I get just as lean as everybody else. But I can eat more than... so. I don't need to eat 800 calories, basically. I think the lowest I went on this prep was 1,600. And that, that, to me, is 800 calories. That is poverty, considering I think my maintenance is probably... 3,000 plus it, 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 it's high so 1,600 is low for me but that is quite a lot if when you when you think about it, that's quite a lot of calories to play with so you can be I can be quite creative and especially when food gets low I see it as a little bit of a challenge I'm like oh, okay well I've got to be I've got to get my protein in this meal so I really enjoy the challenge and if I was told if Carl said to me and he very much believes in meal plans I said you have to do meal plan I wouldn't be able to prep because it wouldn't be sustainable for me, any diet, the the best diet is the one you can stick to, whether you're on prep, whether you're a lifestyle, so if I had to do a meal plan, I would feel so miserable, I'd be very stressed, and I think what people completely don't, um, is, is overlooked, is the fact stress, physical and mental stress, is very, very much overlooked, underlooked, because If you're not enjoying, it's a difficult process as it is, so you're going to be stressed. But if the the food or something else is really stressing you out, it's going to affect on your physique. So if I was on a meal plan, that would stress me out mentally. So the fact that I have the um, flexibility in my diet makes the process a lot more enjoyable for me. And I'm able to stick to it. And my body clearly responds and we get the results we need. Because obviously it works. But as I said, It isn't for everybody. And someone might think, wow, that is so overwhelming. I can't be bothered with that. Just tell me what to eat. Some people aren't foodies and some people like to eat really bland food, which is fine. But if you've got to think about long-term as well, if you're eating the same things every single day and then you start, you come off prep and you start introducing other foods back into your diet, that's going to wreak havoc on your digestive system as well. I didn't take anything out of my diet. I would obviously just eat eating less. I had chocolate every single day. I had a wide range of fruit, vegetables, carbs, sauces, meats, yogurt, everything. There was nothing I didn't eat. And my digestive system has been really good this time around. But can you imagine if you're eating chicken, rice and broccoli? Three times a day and then you suddenly have a donut or you know you suddenly start having like lasagna or you know not like normal I keep saying that word meals you, you're gonna struggle a little bit and i think that could be quite overwhelming coming out of a prep from a from a mental point of view to have all this food available to you now but there isn't any right or wrong way it's whatever you're gonna stick to and whatever you enjoy so going back to what you said in my peak week i a lot of people do comment because I post my food a lot and they're like, why are you eating that? How can you eat that when you're dieting? And I think I, I just I do try and educate people that there isn't one way fits all. But I had, like I said to you before, I had this one girl, she messaged me in peak week. I think I was having raspberries on oats or yogurt or something. And she was like, you're in peak week. Why having raspberries? <laughs> and I was like, "I thought it was a joke. I was like, oh, right. OK. Ha. And she was like, I'm not allowed raspberries in my peak week and I was just like well that's fine like if that's not on your meal plan or you're allergic to, I don't know you can be allergic to raspberries yeah. or raspberries don't or raspberries don't agree with you that's fine but she was like well I was told that you, you can't have sugar in peak week and and I think it, it comes down to maybe a lack of education or maybe the coach's lack of education wow. um there, there was nothing wrong with me personally having raspberries in my peak week the only time I would say a meal plan for me is beneficial is probably the day before and on show day so the day before you don't want anything that's going to upset your digestive system you want things that are going to digest well so I do typically eat what Cal tells me to do the day before and on show day I have specific things like my rice cakes peanut butter and chicken but that's fine but that's the only time for me that I would probably eat sh- sh- from a structure Just like Um, two days. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. but I think because people, I think a lot of people's approaches, and you have to sit this meal plan, and it is quite an old-fashioned way to think that you have to only do it this way. And I think it does. Coaches do sort of say that to clients, and I think they get quite when they see someone else doing something different, and they're like, "Well, why are you doing that?" And I can't. But it's just people's. It's just different people's beliefs and and approaches, really. And but hopefully, people would feel more confident and comfortable to maybe maybe do it like you I think that's a really nice balance you have a meal plan but you're educated enough to know that you can if you if you're not at home and you you need you've not got that meal made you know that you've got 30 grams of protein to hit in that meal or whatever and you've got you can make that choice yourself so I think that's a really healthy approach do
0: you know I think- what I've just yeah I've just learned that like any other way increases my food focus and makes me stressed out and actually just makes the whole situation really bad. Like either way, if I try and be full on macros, I find that I think I overthink the macros. I overthink it and then I start and it just, it gets too much. If I do full on meal plan, again, I feel like sometimes it gets too much. I feel restricted. So I literally like, I sometimes like go literally week by week or day by day. And it's like, Mm -hmm. right, today... I really do not want to be eating that chicken. So use my <laughs> head, Jasmine. I know what I'm doing. Like I'm not a coach, yeah. but I think a lot of us, I think a lot of us think we don't know a lot and it's like, well, actually you do. Like, yes, you pay someone else yeah. to not think about it, but if you actually, if you had a gun to your head, you could probably figure out how to make, you know, macro that meal plan, what meal one, do you know what I mean? If you really had to. And there's so many times where like, I'm doing events and I'm, you know, I'm, my focus is making sure I've got everything I need for my event, for my business. So, naturally, my stuff sometimes goes out the window. I forget toothpaste every single time I go away, right? (laughs) I forget sometimes I bring, like, some of my meals with me, and some of them I forget. Do you know what? Sometimes I've brought meals with me to events and gone, this tastes bloody naff. My cream of ice tastes shit when it's cold. I can't stand it. So... I'm not going to prep something when I know I'm probably not really going to enjoy it. And the same thing with like, I actually quite like buying shop-bought chicken because it tastes nicer. Yeah. Than the chicken that I've prepped that's been sitting there like in my car, and it's a bit like, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's personally how I've kind of. That's the point yeah. I've got to. Just because of my life, I feel like I just don't like being put in a box. Because when the yeah. situation happens, when it's a different situation, different scenario. If I try and be too rigid, I get really stressed out. If I just flow a bit and be like, right, today, uh, whatever, I'm just going to have macro shock, like it is what it is. Yeah. I think that's how I've been able to kind of do my diet phase face, I'm doing right now, relatively yeah. calm and everything going fine. And I think sometimes Joe has a bit of a panic, like FitX. <laughs> you've got to stick to your like, Joe, it's fine. Like, even if I haven't got my scales with me on that day, I can pretty much, like, for like, one meal, yeah. I can, like, ballpark figure what it is. And I overestimate it, so I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, most of yeah. the time, I think... That's, I that's stressed, a
1: really healthy way to look at it, yeah.
0: I ain't got time to be stressing about, like, one gram of chicken. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm just like yeah, that. exactly. I think sometimes you 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 got to think of what you said. Like, you've got to think of, like, the longer term... Like, long-term, is that one meal that you kind of had to ballpark, is that really going to impact your ability to do what you need to do for the rest of that year? No. Yeah. But if you get stressed yeah. out about it because you feel like you've got to do a certain way to be a bodybuilder, then that's when, long-term, you're it's, like, getting that negative connotation with what you're doing and making it stressful. Yeah. So, yes, yeah. <laughs> I think people get really confused, and I'm just saying to you, like, sitting there in my chocolate bar, they're like, I thought you dieted. I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, this is
1: 200 calories, so what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to have to, like, move away. Whenever I was eating chocolate in front of people, especially at work, I felt like I had to move away because people were like, well, you're dieting, how can you eat chocolate? And it's just, couldn't be bothered with the judgment. Now, I just eat food, and if you've got a problem with it, then you just have a problem with it, that's it's fine. But, like, I think the way you said to just not feel so stressed like oh I'm not I'm not trying 250 grams of chicken it's well you can just go out and buy another protein source like it's fine don't stress out and you've got to think about your mental health and physical health long term as well you're not going to be on prep after these 16 20 weeks so you've got to think about your relationship with food how you eat food and just don't don't stress it's fine there are other alternatives (laughs) yeah (laughs) like I
0: went to London on
1: what day was it? Friday. Yeah.
0: So start the day, and I'm usually meant to be wearing a weighted vest. Joseph, you've not put your weighted vest. I'm like, yes, but I am lugging around a bloody suitcase, which is weighing more than what I put on this weighted vest, and I'm going to lug it around London before I even have my first meal. So is that pretty much the same thing? And he's like, well, yeah, good. <laughs> like,
1: Great.
0: That, then. And then I just kind of, you you know, when you go out, sometimes like sometimes it's it's hard to kind of go hundred percent to like the carbs and the fats and stuff. So like that Friday, I thought like, oh, like it's I'm finding it quite difficult to find like low fat things. So I thought, well, I've got 1900 calories to play around with. I'm literally for that one
1: day going to stick to my protein goal and just hit the calories. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. No. But
0: that,
1: that that that's all I've ever done. I've never done that. Even on prep, I would never do. So obviously when I would be, when I have my um carb, uh, my refeed days, cow would be like, you need to eat 450 grams of carbs. So of course I would that day. But that was only two days out of my prep that I would do that. So I never, ever, carbs and fats have always been interchangeable for me. I'm more of a carb person anyway. So my carbs would be big, would be higher than my fat. Obviously they would anyway, but I would always choose a carb or a fat source. Yeah, no, I would never, I've always tracked calories and protein. That is it. So it takes out another element of stress but it works obviously when I'm doing my refeed I need a fun I needed that 450 grams of carbs because we to see how it would and that's fine but that's the only time I would ever track carbs like look at my carbs and so again it it, it it the way I've done it it just shows you don't need to be I didn't need to be that specific with certain things and it really did take an element of sort of stress stress away for me. It made it made the way I was tracking food so much more enjoyable because I had that flexibility to just play with protein and calories and come up with meals that fit fit those targets and I just much enjoyed it and much more it was much more enjoyable for me yeah. um and obviously worked so obviously it
0: worked and the thing is it does work I mean, I've done it I, I've literally chopped and changed this whole dieting phase and it's just like I, even I went out for like meals and I was just, I literally sat there and I was like, I probably should be stressed but I just don't feel stressed because I just feel like I'm fine. Like, it's easy to find chicken. <laughs> I was like, was really like, everyone who was, was really surprised. I was just like, I probably should be stressed right now but I'm really just not and I feel like it's fine and then obviously oh. waiting the next day and I won't know waiting. I was like, well, by me not being stressed it's literally just showing exactly. that, like, how much that stress
1: can exactly. it. Like, it's mad. Yeah, 100%.
0: So now you yep. are a pro, changing the direction now. Now you are a pro. <laughs> what is, has anything changed with your mindset or how you approach things, potentially how you see things? Has the mind of Becky changed since becoming pro? If so,
1: what has changed? Do um, you know, as I said before, it hasn't sunk in. I kind of feel like I'm going to wake up and they're going to message me and say, we made a mistake. Um, we didn't choose you <laughs> so I I still am struggling to digest it so in a way nothing's really changed I think I can't even comprehend getting on stage with these women next year who I've followed for years who I've looked up to who the, these women are just incredible Do me that I, I just don't think, I just don't think it feels real. So you need to ask me that question probably in a couple of months. Cause I still feel like me. Like I go, the I've been going to the gym and I'm just me, I'm just back in work. And I don't think it's changed. I don't think anything's changed as of yet. I guess in a way, it's probably just giving me that confidence uh, that I am good enough. Like I, when I, when you're backstage, obviously I know you're not competing in a little while but I know you'll have felt this, you know, when you're backstage and you're all pumping up and all these girls are glazed up in bikinis and they all look insane. And you're there going, Why the hell am I here? Like, <laughs> these you know what? Women. I see
0: those looks on people's faces when I'm glazing people. Yeah. I
1: see yeah, that sometimes. It's I see
0: people literally looking at like other people and kind of looking down at themselves. Like,
1: so yeah, completely, I completely, even, yeah, it's been a while since I've set the stage, but um, yeah, I've seen it quite a bit backstage. So I know yeah. you mean. Yeah, so, and you're looking around and you're like, "Why am I even bothering? Like, why am I here? These women are incredible. How am I meant to stand on stage next to them for my own?" Um, obviously there's no, there's no like mirror. There was no mirrors backstage at finals. It was weird. So I couldn't see myself. You get in your head a little bit, and there was part of me that just wanted to. I was like, "I'm just going to go home. No point. No point whatsoever." So I think the fact that it happened, I think right now because it's only been two weeks, I think it's just made me realise that I am, I am good enough. And all those times of self-doubt, when you're on the bike, when you just want to give up, when you're in the gym and you're like, I can't lift it, and I just want to eat that extra piece of, or eat that extra crumpet or whatever, and it just makes you realise that you are capable, you you can do it, and they, they they've said you, you're good enough, you like everyone's like you you're good enough to get a pro card, so you are good enough to stand on stage with these women next year and that to me is is baffling and i think it will take a bit longer for it to sink in but i think it's just done the world of good for my my confidence that they do deem me worthy to stand on stage with these women which is insane
0: Mm. where have you placed the sword
1: um, they're currently... Well, I, I've got two swords, Jess. Oh, they're, sorry. Where are you your swords <laughs> Swords <there>? <laughs> <laughs> They are... Well, they were in my gym bag for ages because I just carried them around. Not because, in your airfire, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not quite. Um, <laughs> no, they're just literally in the corner in my front room because I don't know what to do with them. It's like, what do you do with two pieces of weaponry? <laughs> fire like, uh, <laughs> um yeah I, I don't know that they're, they're literally there and i just kind of pick it up and just sort of give it a bit of a wave and just go yes i can
0: imagine like, you just yeah, like I, picking up the sword and the dhl guys just like knock to the door and you just have <laughs> the sword like hi i'm just there, like yeah, give hi, me Paula. my parcel i'm gonna completely kill you this the sword. <laughs> <laughs> good time. so what do so, you think the plans are going to be next year then have you thought about it I guess everyone's asking you that question but like is there plans for yeah. next year and is there anything in particular that you think you need to work on in order to you know be confident of making your pro debut
1: so well we only really decided this past week that I wasn't going to do Arnold in seven weeks at so the start of October just didn't feel like the right time um, I did talk about my story yesterday. I just didn't feel at like the right time. I've obviously had an injury, and I want to step on stage for my pro debut when I feel 100 percent confident and that I would be bringing my best. And I just wouldn't be this time. So uh, the plan is next year, and that is that is literally the plan. We, we've not really talked about shows. I'm it will be towards the back end of next year, um, but there there will be some shows that I've I've got my eye on that would literally be incredible. But I think. Yeah, the loose plan is the end of next year just so we can go into a bit of an off-season now, make the improvements we need to make. And I do need to make improvements. I just, I think I need to be bigger all round. So everyone needs to be bigger and I just need to come in more conditioned and leaner. So the plan is to just grow as much as possible and then probably aim for shows towards the back end of next year and hopefully um, do some in America, which would be insane, um, and then do some in Europe because the stand in Europe is always incredible. Um, that would be amazing to do that. So, yeah, just some abroad shows and just see, see how we get on. And hopefully um, I can be competitive against these ridiculous women next year. <laughs> I think it would be really interesting, though, to do you know, ones in
0: America and ones in Europe, because even though you know, it's all NPC, I do think there is kind of like a look if the European scene and this look with the American I think Jeremy I think that's what's going to be interesting because even for the, the Olympia last year the girls that placed really well at the Europe European shows didn't place as well in America and I thought oh if you kind of got into the American circuit too is there something you've kind of missed this? I think it's a cool idea that you're hoping obviously before the restrictions whatever to be able to do I think it will give you hopefully a good perspective on how it fares in America in comparison to how it fares in europe
1: yeah. if that makes sense yeah yeah it is it is crazy to see the difference in what they go for i know in the european ones the girls are muscly like they are muscly they've got a lot of muscle on them so obviously if i want to do a europe one i, I need to put muscle on anyway but obviously in the european one uh, the look they go for is is more than what i am now uh so i just need to get my head down really and just get cracking again and um Build, build bigger glutes and bigger delts. That is the plan. <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it.
1: Well, I've pretty much finished. Hang on,
0: let me just check. Yeah, I wrote down baked oats. I wrote down the raspberry debate, so I've covered that one. Uh, <laughs> if there was anything you could probably tell your previous self before Becky turned pro, is there anything that you would say to her?
1: I think just touching on what I said before, just have more confidence in yourself. You're a lot more capable than you think. Um, I think if you know you've put the hard work in, you know you've not missed a trick, um, you've not slacked at all, just have more confidence in yourself and just stop stressing so much. Just enjoy the process um, and yeah, just have a little bit more belief in yourself because you can do it. That is what I would say. That's what I'd say to anybody really. If you put the work in, you don't suck off, you give it your all, just have more confidence because it will pay off. Maybe not this year, just keep going, and it will. It will the year after. So just have just have more confidence in yourself.
0: It's one of those things, isn't it? It's like you don't know if you're good enough until you, unless you put yourself in that firing line and just kind of go for it. I think sometimes that's like yeah, people exactly. that. they just they don't think they're good. They don't know, or they don't think they are. So they never actually just throw themselves in, and it just shows that like you threw yourself in, and look what happens even with your injury of being like I was speaking to Carl um backstage and he was like yeah back Becky's in a considerable amount of pain right now and she has been for so long so it's like it literally shows that you can come through that stuff like massively obviously make sure it's well managed yeah. but like massive respect for you because you know be- being in right to the irons is no joke but you've you're putting your health first and I think for so you know, when you are pro, like people are looking up to you, and I think to be able to go to you know what I need to put my health first right now, I think it's just it's yeah, it's like major major respect and credit to you for doing that. So
1: Oh, thank you, thank you, means a lot. Yeah, I think as well, like I, I did that story yesterday, and obviously because I have I am a pro now, and I, people will be looking at my journey a little bit more now, and I think it I don't like to paint the picture that perhaps always a positive thing and, and I'm always happy and it's all it's been really plain sailing because it hasn't I think it's important to be a little bit more transparent and say yeah you are gonna compromise your health yes you're gonna pick up injuries maybe but you need to know when to step back I think there is a time when someone's like no crack on you can manage this let's push it because you've done the hard work you're here now and that's what was in my head done the hard work I'm gonna be I am in I'm in shape still to do the show but it it's talking to people around me I, I it wasn't the right time so I think it was really important to explain that yes it's difficult and you are going to push it physically and mentally but there is a, a line and knowing when to step back is just as important just so you can come back even better the next time so I do think it's important to be a little bit and I, I hope to be a little bit more transparent now because I always like to use social media as a positive thing and I don't like to moan or anything like that but I think now it is important to be a little bit more transparent. Now, more more people are wanting to get into the sport, young girls who might not understand the process. I think it's really important to explain how I was in pain. I was in a lot of pain for that show. And um, I think now it's very important. I do take a step back, get my health back in a good place again. And then we can just come back next year better. Um, but yeah, no, it's really important, I think, to be as honest about this process as possible, because it is difficult and you do get you do get injuries and you are pushing your health um, past its boundaries so people need to know that before they even consider going into something like this yeah totally
0: agree mom well i'm gonna leave it there but thank you so much for coming on
1: no thank you for having me thank you for having me and i really enjoyed it no, you're
0: very very welcome and i hope you guys listening have enjoyed this too and we'll see you in the next episode